Our views on Johnny Depp v. Amber Heard do not align. It is important, after all, to be open to feedback. There is an option on Substack, as there is on Patreon, to give feedback when you choose to unsubscribe from a publication. On Patreon, there are boxes you can tick. My financial situation changed is one option. Joe Bloggs wasn't as active as I expected was another. But there's a text, text field, too, where you can elaborate on your reasons. On Substack, there are no boxes to tick. Rather, there's just the text field, which you can choose to leave blank if you prefer not to share your reasons for taking your money elsewhere. Most people take this road. They unsubscribe quietly without much fanfare, leaving the text field blank and, I imagine, closing the window without a backwards glance. By and large, those who do take the time to fill it out use the opportunity to apologise, to make sure I know that it's not a personal thing. A recent entry read, I'm so sorry to be cancelling, but I'm returning to work after maternity leave and facing a childcare bill of €2,000 a month, so I'm having to cut back everywhere. I'm very sorry to be missing your writing, but hopefully I'll be back as a subscriber soon. Another wise owl said, Long-time subscriber and lover of Rosemary's writing, just taking a break from all subscription services and we'll see what ones I miss. I hope that's okay. I'm spending a fortune on them all. But a recent one joined a very exclusive club comprising people for whom their cancellation is, in fact, very personal. I remember on Patreon, someone once subscribed and commented, disagreed with offensive views shared, full stop. I agonized over what offensive views these could have been, although I did not doubt for a second that I'd shared them. I've never allowed the potential for offense to prevent my sharing of my opinion, although as I've got older, I like to think that I'm marginally less offensive for its own sake and more considered in my opinion sharing. I thought about emailing the person to ask them, not because I had any notion of apologizing or changing whatever views I'd espoused, but because I hated the not knowing of it all. The feedback is technically anonymous, but you can often figure out who said what by narrowing down who subscribed on which day and when it was posted. Most recently, someone unsubscribed from my Substack citing, our views on Johnny Depp v. Amber Heard do not align. How weird, I thought, that my views on a celebrity trial and a defamation trial at that are enough to put someone off reading my writing. Then I remembered that I had gone onto Instagram and unfollowed anyone I previously followed who liked Johnny Depp's celebratory Instagram post. Is this cancel culture? Is that what this is? Cancelling, unsubscribing from, unfollowing someone because you do not see things the same way they do, turning away from people whose views do not align with yours and allowing that one subject, that one diverging road to govern all of your interactions with that person or even ensure that you have no further interactions with them. I was asked recently what I thought about cancel culture. I hate the question, but I answered anyway. Cancel culture is not a thing, I said. Look at Louis C.K. back telling jokes on stage, Roman Polanski's The Palace starring Mickey Rourke and John Cleese, not exactly big names in PC circles, but big names all the same, is in post-production. J.K. Rowling, said to have been cancelled over her turfy views on trans rights, is still barreling along with the latest film of the Harry Potter franchise being released just last year. You don't have a right to an audience, I said, and if the audience you do have decides to go elsewhere because of something you've said or done, that's okay, you haven't been cancelled. The people who used to pay attention to you have just decided not to listen to you anymore. That's an oversimplification, said my friend, but okay. We talked about something else. I like to think it's a sign of my own maturity that someone can tell me I'm oversimplifying something and change the subject without my insisting on hashing the whole thing out. The thing is, she was, she is, right. That is an oversimplification. Cancel culture is about more than just choosing not to engage with someone whose views you disagree with. It's about trying to whip up a frenzy, usually on social media, and instigate a collective cancellation, a collective unfollowing, a collective choice, often not without a small dollop of peer pressure to go along with it. 
There's an episode of Buffy, of course, titled The Pack, in which Xander and a group of his fellow high school students are infected by a cursed pack of hyenas when they engage in a spot of bullying in precisely the right place at precisely the right time and start to take on the characteristics of the hyenas themselves. Aired in 1997, The Pack predates cancel culture. It predates Twitter by almost a decade, but it shares some attributes with what we now know as cancel culture as meted out usually on social media. In order to instigate a pack-style attack, the victim of choice doesn't even need to be a weak link, so to speak. The strength is in the power of the pack. No one, no matter how strong or, in high school terms, popular or athletic, is safe. Although, inevitably, the infected students in the pack start off by choosing the path of least resistance. To be clear, I don't think the person who unsubscribed from my substack, citing my objectionable views on the Depth v. Heard trial, is attempting to cancel me. Their choice to unsubscribe is not emblematic of cancel culture, but in a way it could be if they took to Twitter and found a cross-section of users who were both subscribers of mine and Johnny Depp stands. That's a big if. I don't think people should necessarily be punished for expressing their views, no matter how much I might disagree with them. Within reason, I'm not defending people's rights to be racist or transphobic, for example. But it's a tricky one, because I also fully respect an individual's decision not to support someone whose views they find objectionable. During the campaign to repeal the Eighth Amendment, for example, I was determined not to support establishments who were found to be donating to the Iona Institute or similar. Though I have been to the White Moose Cafe once, once owner Paul Stenson held up a sign saying, I believe in Santa Claus, riffing hilariously on the I believe her posters that have been seen at a protest against the not guilty verdict stilled out in 2018's Belfast rape trial, I decided I would never again give him my custom. I will not watch Woody Allen films. I would never go to a Louis C.K. gig. I wouldn't buy a new J.K. Rowling book, nor one by Robert Galbraith, the pen name under which she writes crime, but I will let our children read and watch Harry Potter. So am I a hypocrite? Probably. I wouldn't buy or wear anything by D&G, although I was still buying Chanel perfume and coveting Chanel bags, even after I knew about Karl Lagerfeld's fat phobia. It's all incredibly complex, isn't it? Knowing which principles to stand by and which to let slip for the sake of giving your children the magic of Hogwarts, for example, or giving yourself the magic of quilted calfskin handbags. Figuring out whether you're buying into cancel culture by boycotting some business or another, or whether your tiny individual stand even makes a difference. For what it's worth, it was previously proven in a UK court that Johnny Depp assaulted Amber Heard and put her in fear for fear of her life. The idea that her description of herself as a domestic abuse victim was defamatory to Depp is laughable, regardless of whether she also physically assaulted him at any point, whether or not she took a shit in his bed, the evidence suggests she didn't, by the way, whether or not she goaded him or taunted him or whatever other accusations were levelled at her. The UN, by the way, defines domestic abuse, also called domestic violence or intimate partner violence, as a pattern of behaviour in any relationship that's used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Excuse my baby. Abuse is physical, sexual, emotional, economic or psychological actions or threats of actions that influence another person. This includes any behaviours that frighten, intimidate, terrorise, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure or wound someone. If that assertion means I'm cancelled or makes you take your subscription money elsewhere, that's okay. It's no more or less than I would do.